Welcome to Sensibly Cynical. My name is Sean, and today I have an amazing show lined up. We will be talking with Brent from Hysteria 51. It is a podcast that discusses everything paranormal, from aliens to conspiracy theories, etc. This show is amazing, has plenty of followers, and is a show that I have been listening to for a while, so I am excited to hear from Brent. Enjoy the interview. All right, joining me now is one of the co-hosts and producers of Hysteria 51 podcast, Brent Hand. How are you doing, Brent? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited. No, I'm really excited. Now, as I was telling you off air, you guys are a podcast I've been um, following for a while, and I have been anticipating talking to you for quite a bit. Um, so you're the opposite of my wife. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys are the opposite too. You're actually a positive, you know, podcast when it comes to numbers. So <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, give me the uh, give us the um, origin and how you guys started and continue from there. Well, my co-host, his name's John Goforth, and we've known each other for. Over 30 years now, we, we grew up together, and we went to college together. We lived as, as roommates in college for a while, and we always wanted to have a show. We wanted to do, at that time, of course, it was radio, and unfortunately, it didn't happen. Life got in the way. He ended up going into the radio business. He was uh, in the marketing side of it. He worked in terrestrial radio for a long time, but we always wanted to do a show. We're, you know, we're friends. We've always stayed in touch. He was living in St. Louis for a long time. He moved back up to Chicago. We were both living in the Chicago area. Like, we should do this podcast thing. <laughs> the show we were finally going to do. And we loved talking. When we got together, we always loved talking alien conspiracies. And I was one of the ones that was into them and always wanted to talk about them. And he was the cynical that I don't believe and mm-hmm. I don't want to. And so that was like, well, that's the conversations we have. We get into arguments and everyone always likes listening to them. And uh, it was September of 2019. It was our third year anniversary. We've been doing it for, for a little over three years now, and it's been, a, it's been a long ride. It's been fun. Yeah, so um, I guess what I was trying to tell you when I told you what, we had a guest that was actually on, um, actually at AlienCon. Uh, her name is uh, Jessica Sugar Kuiper. She was actually, she was actually um, a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. She said she was at uh, AlienCon. Are you familiar with things sort of like that, like crazy different you know, impersonators and stuff like that. And I tell you what, so we do, we go to AlienCon, we do a lot of speaking at uh, The last couple of years, we went to Kansas City Paracon, we went to Kansas, uh, Planet Comic Con. Wizard World, C2E2, I've seen the gamut of cosplayers and everything. I tell you what, though, AlienCon this year was fun because everyone was dressed up usually as, they had people as full-fledged aliens. One woman had, like, this baby alien in a backpack and it was clear and it had all these tubes running off it it's crazy people go all out right uh, more power to them <laughs> out of my wheelhouse man i don't have that kind of uh talent or patience mm-hmm. plus i'm a fat guy so who wants to see me walking around running my makeup now tell me about it so where is it located and how many how many would you guess um that were there this year so it was in la this year they do a couple of them now uh it's gonna be uh dallas just passed it, it, there was right and it moves around but we were in la and there was a few probably a couple thousand people it's not huge but it's really new 
Still, and they have a vendor floor. If you're ever to a, a Comic-Con or any convention, a horror con, that's pretty much what it's like. And they had vendors that were selling t-shirts, memorabilia, and then, of course, there's people there reading your palm and giving you fortunes. And Travis Walton's there. You know, Travis Walton's famous. The Fire in the Sky movie was based on his life. And Giorgio Sukulos has a booth, and he's selling all his books and wares and stuff like that. And uh, it's interesting, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun just hearing everyone's stories and seeing what they're trying to sell you. Everything from, from T-shirts to there was people selling colognes and, and soap that was, you know, alien really. Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of um, subjects and what you guys talk about, is it, like, wide, or do you guys narrow when it comes to subjects? We always talk about, we. <laughs> our tagline is, we take an everyman approach to the world weird or all things weird. It's pretty wide. Aliens, mysteries, the paranormal, the unusual, anything unexplained. But that's not just original into that. We've done some history episodes. That's kind of cool. But, you know, aliens are a bread and butter. That's where I love talking. You know, um, those ones are the ones that people, you know, seem to identify with but you know we've had everyone authors and people that are say they can remote view and people that uh you know uh own uh quote-unquote haunted places and do tours and everything in between so it's weird or if it sounds fun we're willing to talk about it yeah so do you have a favorite episode i know how long have you guys been around and how many episodes have you done so we we are september was our third anniversary we have, I think tomorrow is a Monday, is our 163rd episode. So, one a week uh, for the last three years. And that's kind of like, which is your favorite kid? I don't know. There's a lot of them that have been fun. One of my favorite ones, I guess when you say that the one that popped into my head was an earlier one. It was probably in the 60s, so it, it's been a, a couple of years ago. But we did Satanic Panic. Um, I, I, you know, I grew up, I was born in the late 70s. I grew up in the 80s. Oh, okay. And the satanic panic of the 80s, everything was evil. Everything, everything was, you know, Satan. And, and looking at, at music and at art and literature and everything, and it was into this whole fever pitch. And that also ties into things in the 90s, like the West Memphis Three, who went mm-hmm. to jail because they wore Metallica shirts and right. painted their nails black. So obviously they, they worship Satan and things like that. That was one that was a lot of fun to, to research and also kind of struck home because you know, I identified with those people as a kid, and I also grew up in a very, very strict, uh, you know, a religious background. And I remember, you know, people coming into churches and saying Procter and Gamble is owned by the devil, <laughs> <laughs> like that, you know, crazy shit. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, and, and so those are fun ones. But that's probably that was one of my favorite. We did another one too. Um, the Fermi Paradox, which is the question of, you know, there's so many stars out there, there's so many planets, mm-hmm. where are the aliens? And we had Josh Clark. Josh Clark is the host of Stuff You Should Know, and he's also the host of The End of the World with Josh Clark, which are two, that Stuff You Should Know is always in competition for the number one podcast. And really? The first podcast to ever hit a billion downloads. So, oh my God. A, a fun guy, he'd researched all that, so we talked about Podcast it. royalty. That, that's podcast yeah, royalty. Very much so, and just a, a heck of a nice guy. Well, you're reciprocating the favor in an even less show, no, so... No, 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 this is awesome. I love doing it. I love being on shows. You get to talk to new audience. Um, so, what I was thinking was, since I'm from, like, I'm from the Panhandle, so 
Frank actually wanted me, even though he's not around anymore, he's from, he's from, uh, he's still checking in. He actually had the question he wanted me to ask you. So, yeah, so we're actually near Gulf Breeze, Florida. Yeah, and we've heard that they are the number one of UFO sightings. Is that true or is he full of bullshit? Well, I, you know, the Gulf Breeze is, was a huge, huge story as far as that goes. I, I'm not going to say that you're the number one, but United States is definitely the number one spot for, for incidents. If you go to MUFON, you don't even have to be a member. They'll send you their stats every month and you look through them and we are <laughs> leaps and bounds. Uh, November of 87 was actually the Gulf Breeze incident, which is one that, you know, people always, always talk about. It was just a series of UFO sightings back then, and there's a ton of um, photos that people actually took uh, of them. And uh, so that's been, you know, 30, 32 years ago, and we're still talking about it. So absolutely. Plus, that's over water. you got military bases out there. Uh, the even if it's a UFO doesn't mean alien. UFO just means, you know, unidentified flying object or, or, or whatever that means to you. It can, a lot of them are just, oh, that was a drone you didn't realize. Or, or military planes. And there's a reason that they do black ops projects and things like that. And that would be at one of the places that if I was doing that, I'd be flying them over that too. Now, that's not making an, a statement on the Gulf Breeze incident, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, what do you know about that? Like, what, what's your full knowledge of what happened? I know that, that they took a bunch of photos, and ufologists looked at the photographs and said that the photos that they had taken were genuine. Uh, but then others, now that's coming from ufologists, they suspected that they were all a hoax. And recorder, uh, reporters from the area looked at it and said, no, you know, people were, were, were making stuff up, or it, it was all sensationalized, stuff like that. They were later said that, you know, you could make these with household products and fake them. Um, and this is the thing that you get into when you look at previous years before CGI was so prevalent. A lot of times things look like hubcaps or styrofoam or discs, things like that. And people would say, you can, you can make that, you can do it at home. And now that we're in an area of CGI, it's a little easier to fake things and... Uh, Case in point to, to this incident and something else, a few years ago, I had a gentleman call me and he cleans out, they own a business where they clean out basements and things like that. And he's like, hey, I got, I was cleaning out a basement, you know, we're hauling stuff away and there's a box full of slides. He goes, I crap not, it looks like there is UFOs on them. If I send them to you, will you check them out? I said, sure. And uh, I, I had them uh, converted from slides to just digital, like the photos. Right. Sure enough, it looks like there's UFOs on them, but they're old. I mean, these photos are from the 50s, 60s, 70s. And I actually contacted, at that time, uh, Chris Cogswell was working, Dr. Chris Cogswell was working for MUFON, and I, I contacted him and sent him the photos, and what they deemed them to be, or what they were, was like early fakes where they were learning how to double-expose photos. And this was someone's stash of photos where they were learning how to try to fake photos. And they were in a basement in a house in Springfield, Illinois. Back then, that's how you had to do it, is you mm -hmm. had to, you know, double expose, take, you know, throw something in the air and take a photo of it. You know, it was a little easier, but that, that didn't always 
make the best photos. Right. So there's a, a talent to it. It's just crazy that you even come across something like that. Now, it would have been a lot cooler if it was like some smoking gun and I found a stash of real photos of UFOs. <laughs> yeah. No such luck. Well, I noticed you guys are from uh, Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm originally from Central Illinois. Now we live, we both live. John's in the city, and I'm in a, in a suburb about five minutes from the city. All right, well, I'm a Cubs fan. How about that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, John and I are both St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, so we got a rivalry here. Well, don't hang up on don't hang up on me, all right? Don't hang up. No, I tell you what, it was fun to see them win. You know, up here, man, <laughs> It was really fun. Well, I have, yeah, what's funny is about that is my dad's side, they're basically inherently rivals. Like, on my dad, my, like, my dad's two sisters, one's a Cardinals fan, one's a Cubs fan, and right. then, yeah, and then, you know, the rest are really Cub fans, but there's some, there's some uh, Cardinal families in there. So, there's a lot of families like that, where you got one sister or one brother is a Cardinal fan, and then the other one's uh Cub fan, and on top of that, uh, my mom's side is all Cub fans because they met in Illinois, and then we moved to Florida for the space program. My dad got a job in the space program, and oh, that's uh, awesome. he's that really awesome. yeah, he was a contractor for NASA. So, you know, he they're from small town uh, Illinois, like Peoria area. Yeah, I, I'm from so Peoria was about an hour and a half. I was on a I grew up on a farmland area right outside of Springfield. I was actually uh, outside of a town of 700 people. Okay, so I can probably give you the, their two actual cities, and you, I bet you know at least one of them. Sure. You want to play that game? Where is it? Uh, Canton, Illinois. I know Canton. I've been there a million times. Absolutely. This one you may not know. Good old Glassford, Illinois. Don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't know Middle of nowhere. I'm from a town called Pleasant Plains. Okay, Glassford is Glassford's kind of unique. It's kind of you go down a you go down a um, you go down a hill and everything's right there. But the only way to get in is like through this hill, and like and the reception isn't very good. And you know there's Main Street and you know I come from a background my mom's side where the guy was a welder. That was his job back then. You know my grandfather. God, you know God rest his soul. But you know that's how guys did over there. You know in rural Illinois. <laughs> You know, it's crazy in some of these small towns, they're a long way from, from anywhere large, and, and the, the town welder is the town welder. Like, that's who everyone uses or goes to, and, and that's how they're sufficient. And, you know, we've come so far, but you still see that in, here in America, in Illinois. You can still find that in these small right. towns in the middle of nowhere. You're like, holy cow. <laughs> Illinois is really full of them. I know a lot of states are, but Illinois, you'll find a lot of them, right? Well, it's funny, they always say, you know, everything, there's Chicago, and then there's the rest of Illinois. Yeah, it's wild, yeah. Different, very different area. Uh, Chicago is a very um, modern and liberal place. The rest of it is a little le less and more um, more conservative areas, and it's just a funny, funny dichotomy of how it works, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, you know, eighty percent of the population is in Chicago. Well, let's yeah, let's transition to the um, the topic that I'm sure you're waiting for, Storm Fifty One. Now, what's your take on that? And basically, it's uh, it's your go. Like, what's your thoughts on all that? And start from the yeah. beginning. Funny enough, my wife and I have actually been to Rachel, Nevada, which is 
where the little Ailey Inn is. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's the famous uh, little diner outside of Area 51. We went to the gate that they were going to storm. And it, it's so funny because if you would have had people that actually tried to storm Area 51, when you cross that border, that gate, you're like 12 miles from the next building. It's not something that's going to happen. And that was what was so funny. It's it's hilarious to me because it was just a meme. It was just a <laughs> But it was just a, a funny, hey, let's do this. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And the unfortunate thing that happened with it is people started to try to make money off of it. Right. The guy who put, put it on originally who made the Facebook event, uh, his name was Matty Roberts. He was like, I don't want to try to make money off this. I want to keep it, you know, quote unquote pure. Well, there was other people that were going to try to show, uh, to do shows and have DJs and, and all this stuff. Well, come to find out, when it comes to it, hardly anyone shows up and they actually cancel day two of the whole festivities. And it's just sad, you know. And well, yeah. you're out there in the middle. Rachel is 90-ish miles one way to get there. Well, they were making some money, right? I mean, there was, obviously, there was like four times capacity, so there was money involved, but... Well, there is, but you're, you're, you were talking about, so Rachel is literally a trailer park. It's not a town. Yeah. It's a trailer park that's owned by the, the little alien, so there there's five or six probably trailers that actually have people that live there, and the rest are trailers for people that want to go out there and go stargazing or try to spot black. So obviously it's unincorporated, you know... They don't have gas. They don't have uh, water for you. They, the only well, place out there is the little alien where you can stop and grab a burger. Yeah, and they gotta go. They probably gotta go um, quite a bit just to vote. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean to do anything. Now, if you keep going, you know, if you turn around and you go back the other, you know, the way you came, you get to Las Vegas. Go the other way, it takes you to Tonopah, which is that. There's a famous place on the way to Tonopah. It's the Clown Motel. Have you ever seen that? No. It's it's oh my gosh, you have to Google it. If you, your listeners should Google it, just Google Clown Motel. Everything is clown related, but like scary, weird. You know, everything's got a clown head on it, and it's just in the middle of nowhere. It's exactly where you expect to die. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going, it, yeah. I mean, I mean that that's pretty funny. Um, not the dying part, but uh, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, you went, huh? Well, we didn't go to the Storm Area 51, but I went with my wife previously just to, we ate at the Little Alien, this was a few years ago, and we, um, you know, we got pictures at the, the Black Mailbox and at the gates at Area 51, and it's, it's a fun thing to do, but then you realize kind of how lackluster it is also, because there's nothing there, other than the fact that you realize this is in the middle of nowhere, and you're not supposed to be there's no reason for you to be there other than that. But, uh, and they did have some people show up at the gate hey. that night, but talk about a couple dozen. A couple dozen people showed up. Not exactly the, the Naruto runners running past the gate and storming to clap them alien cheeks, as they said. <laughs> right, so when it comes to extraterrestrial, do you think there's any scientific proof, or is this all like a joke from everybody involved? Or is there some sort, you think there's any scientific proof that there's some extraterrestrial activity? Or is this all just myths and people, you know, busting balls? In general, are there aliens? 
well, I'm just saying, like, do you know of any scientific information out there, like, recently? Well, I, you know, scientifically speaking, I think it's it's silly, and this is something that came into the, the, the cultural narrative, that it's silly to think that, that, that we're alone, one way or another. All they got to do is find a microbe, which, you know, they act like they're getting close to on Mars, and that's going to kind of blow a, a door open to what's out there. The problem, this is something that they, they discuss in the Fermi paradox and things like that, is the vastness of space. For us to be able to travel to other stars, and more importantly, for someone else to be able to come to us, you're going to have to have technology that defies our understanding of the laws of physics today as, as we know it. Or you've been traveling for so long that, you know, by the time you get here, who, do you, who knows what has changed to your species. Someone could have seen us when the dinosaurs were, were still roaming and they're headed here, and that was 65 million years ago. They were, you know, light years away, hundreds of light years away. They're still coming. You know, if they're going slow, that's kind of one of those things you think about. Do I think that, that, that aliens exist? I absolutely do. What do I think it is? Uh, do I think that they're they're controlling the strings and pulling things and stuff? I don't think so. Um, as far as in the news and what science is saying now, though, you know, you've got to the Stars Academy making some bold claims. They, right. The uh, Tic Tac video was pretty important as of late. That's not saying that that is an alien craft, but it was a lot of people say doing weird things. That, the other thing that TTSA has came out with is this, I don't know if you've seen this material. That they say was manufacturer that is not from Earth. And that's been in the news they've been talking about. And they're getting a government contract to try to, to study it. Well... This material has been around for a very long time. Uh, Art Bell. Art Bell hosted uh, Coast to Coast originally. And then uh, he had his own show, uh, Somewhere in the Desert. And he owned that material. He gave it to a woman named Linda Moulton Howe. She had that material for a long time. And it just blows my mind that this is real alien material. Why have they been sitting on it for so long and just now... Is this door being blown wide open? Where, where are the tests? You know, and there should be easy tests to tell you if this is just slag off of a uh, some sort of, of process that we have now or if it's really refined elements that don't exist on Earth because that's a hell of a statement. And they're, 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 masking array, they're masquerading it as that's what it is. And uh, that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, what's your favorite documentary? Do you have... There's not a ton that I love, and I, I've watched quite a few. One of my favorites, I think, is probably Mirage Men, and they tell the story of Richard Doty. Richard Doty was an United States Air Force uh, officer, and he had information that he had been intercepting, getting of uh, what, what now was pretty much drones that they were working on. And he thought that one had crashed, and he thought that it was aliens. So the government said, well, if he wants aliens, show him aliens. Richard Doty literally took him and showed him where this had crashed, and they added stuff to make it look like an alien crash site. And they messed with this guy so much, and they told him that the NSA was living across the street from him, or maybe it was the FBI, I don't remember. Anyway, 
He ended up going crazy and spent the rest of his life in a mental institution. Really? It's the story of just how the military did this and how, not only that, how they also dabbled in disinformation, feeding to people who were UFOlogists in the 80s and told them, well, we're going to give you information uh, and you're going to be the only one privy to it because you're going to give other people disinformation for us and you're the only one in the know. Oh, and then come to find out it's all fake. And they were pulling the narrative and the strings. And this, this documentary, Mirage Man, really delves into that. It's very worth watching. You know, there's stations out there, Gaia, and a lot of other documentaries that just um, are trash as far as I'm concerned. Uh, a gentleman who's been very popular lately, Jeremy Corbell, he's been on our show. He has been, he did the, the recent Bob Lazar documentary. Right. He did one called Patient 17 about alien implants. Patient 17, I think, is a an interesting documentary. The Bob Lazar one's interesting, too. Uh, it's, it's, it's Bob Lazar. You know, if, you, if you're familiar with the Bob Lazar story, Bob's the one that actually put Area 51 on the map. Uh, I didn't think it was record-breaking or, 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 or super uh, any crazy new information, but it was a well-done documentary, so that's something to check out. Uh, if people are interested in that, but um, it's the the new from Jeremy Corbell. But uh, yeah, uh, hands down, Mirage Men is is my favorite, and you can see one of my favorite things in there is I was talking about the disinformation from the eighties. You can see a MUFON meeting from the eighties where the one of the gentlemen that was being force fed the the disinformation just comes out and being like, "Yeah, I've been lying to you." And everything I've been telling you is wrong, and people are just like, oh. <laughs> it's a convention, and people are just losing their minds. <laughs> that was yeah. That was an interesting one. So you have how many? So you said that how many are in your like, I guess production team, or is this like a huge team? No, no so I, I, so John and I do the show together. We're co-hosts, and I produce and edit the show myself. Okay, you do it yourself. Okay. Yeah, I do it myself. Uh, we do have a research assistant. His name is Ray Walden. He helps us out with research. And then that's it. So we're just a, a one-man operator. We were with iHeart for a while. We actually just left uh, a couple months ago. So, yeah, back to an independent show. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yeah. You know, the grass isn't always greener, I'll say that. Well. No, I didn't want to say that. But, uh <laughs> well, it beats you guys are more long than I am. So, um, but no, um, where do you see like the like the future? Are you guys just gonna keep beating the same drum, finding you know? We're doing some changes next year. Actually, it's kind of interesting. We're just renouncing that tomorrow. I don't know when this will come out, but oh well, probably not tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we're going a little bit deeper dive into two episodes. We're we're doing uh, instead of. Every week we're going to do 10 episodes and three weeks off. 10 episodes, three weeks off. So we can have a little bit more time to research every episode. And uh, yeah, I'm going to write half of the, the outlines. John's going to do more researching everything together. Then we're going to trade off. Yeah. We're both going to do new research, rewrite it so it gets both of our our views and be it better. And then having Ray helping us out with the, the background research on everything is going to be nice. One of the things we did last year that was a big hit with our listeners is we did a kind of like a, an audio drama, just like a Hysteria 51 adventure. It had nothing to do with the normal where we sit down and we talk about a topic. It was like an audio drama. It was produced. Uh, it was produced by a, 
a gentleman named Michael Gonzalez, who uh, he runs uh, Radio Los Angeles, and they did a fantastic job. We had so much fun, and he wrote it and produced it and everything. So we're doing more of those. So I said it was ten, ten shows, three off, ten shows, three off. Yeah. It'll be uh, ten shows, one week off, radio drama, one week off, ten shows, and then again, one week off, radio drama. I hate saying radio drama, but... Do you guys have one of the typical, like, platforms? Or, like, you know, because I, um, I use Podbean. Do you guys... Now, what do you guys do for that, like, platforms? We were with a company called Megaphone, um, and that's who hosted for uh, iHeartRadio, all their shows, things like that. Uh, hmm, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, well, they're a, they're an enterprise one, so it's a little bit different. You can't be like just a show to go to them. You have to be. Oh. Uh, we are going to a company called Spreaker. Yep, I've heard of them. Yeah, we're going to them, and uh, we'll be one of their Spreaker Prime shows. So we're on their ah. private network. Well, they're not um, they're not shabby though, because I knew they're kind of. I wouldn't say they're expensive, but they're definitely not like in the cheaper one, right? Yeah, there, there's, you know, it depends on where you're at. Like, um, I don't want you to talk down about your new. I don't want you to talk down about your new partner, though. You know, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it costs because we don't pay for it. They, they, oh yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're on Podbean. If I can get this, you know, my downloads aren't nearly what what they should be after two years, like I said. But if I can somehow get them to the point where. You know, there's a financial. Then I'm gonna do it. I'm. I. I told myself. I said, Hey, listen. Since I'm going solo, I have to branch out to podcasts like you. I have to. I have to. You know, because if you're going solo, you need a lot of guests. Because one of the best things I ever did, I always said, was two things when we were starting out: uh, trying to talk to other shows to get guests on, have them on, going on shows to be a guest, and the other thing was trading. Trading uh, bumpers and promos. You know, we reach out to shows and say, "Hey, I love your show. I, you know, I'd love to do a bumper swap stuff like that." We've done that. It's been great. Is there any episode of ours that you've listened to? You can tell me no. That's fine. <laughs> I, I hate to say that. I have not. Well, you need to. We have some good ones. Yes. Which which what's your favorite? You ask me mine. What's your favorite? You have to listen to the stripper comedian. That's the one that I tell everybody about. It has our best downloads. Christy Monroe, the stripper comedian, hands down. So. Is she like a touring act? Like, like I could look for her up, or does she like work out of what? No, she's she's legit. Yeah, she's touring. She's um most most of her stuff is like she headlines some stuff, but most of the time she's like the secondary act. But like smaller venues, she's a headliner. It depends on the like the bigger venues, she's a supporting. But like if you're in Danville, Virginia, you know, hypothetically, I don't care. I picked a random city. But if you're in like a smaller city, she's she's a headliner. But yeah, it's basically what you thought. She. She strips on the weekdays and then makes fun of herself on the weekends. That's hilarious. And she trolls her own business. Man, I want to see now. I want to see the show where she's telling jokes while stripping. Is that something I can go to? See? She does. Yeah, she does stuff like that. Yep, that's part of her act too. Is she'll strip? She'll take a. I don't want to give her <laughs> spill away, but she's a friend of the show. She's done a couple acts where she'll actually bring a person up there and strip in front of them and stuff. But yeah, and then she downloading this as we speak. She's in. Oh, you found it. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's good. She's, you know, I'm I'm typical humor guy, you know. But that's that's our best one. And also, of course, the we have Sugar who's on Survivor. That's done pretty well. But so yeah, we have Sugar who's on Survivor. Those are probably the top two. But um, 
anyways, back to Hysteria 51. Now, um, you said you have a lot of episodes. Now, is there ones that, I guess, I wouldn't say you regret, but ones that were just crazy ideas that you just tried off the wall and they were successful? I hate to say regret. Our first ones when we started the show, we were just, hey, let's, let's make a show. Let's see if we can do it. We had a lot of fun. The sound quality is terrible. You know, it, it sounds bad. And we've wrestled back and forth with, should we delete those? And I don't think so. You know, we, we, we've left them up and we had two gentlemen on that were flat earthers. And so we did, we called it the flat earth round table. And it was John and I. Right. Two gentlemen were flat earthers. It degraded to nonsense immediately because there was nothing you could say to the flat earthers that they would not just dismiss or bash or mm-hmm. have issue with it. And that was unfortunate. And, you know, they... They made fun of us. So I said we had a gentleman who worked for SpaceX. He he worked in security, and they made fun of him. They were like, oh, you're going to bring in Janner? I'm like, and he goes like, no. They asked me on because you've said that SpaceX only uses holograms and they have no real rockets, was one of their statements. He's like, so I'm here to invite you to, that was in Florida as well. He's like, I, I can get you on the, as close as you can get, and you can see the rockets before and touch the rockets beforehand. And then it's like three miles away or whatever it is. You can watch the, we're sending you a, a an invitation and they said no. <laughs> I cringe. I've tried to listen to them. And it's so funny because people will come on. They'll be like, you know, I tried to listen to uh, your Flat Earth episodes, but I had to turn it off because they were just so repulsive. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Let's talk about, um, what do you guys think, what do you think about, um, like, paranormal activity type stuff? Um, paranormal activity, the I, movies and stuff? Not a believer. John is not a believer. I, I grew up in a house and we had weird things happen. I've had some experiences in my life. I've never seen a ghost or anything like that. But I absolutely, I don't know what I believe, but I believe. You know, I, I, I've heard things. I've had experiences. Um, and I've talked to enough people that I, I believe what they're saying. You know, the problem is a lot of those things can also explain away uh, it just like a misidentification of aircraft, you know, for UFOs and things like that. Um, I... The problem I have with paranormal stuff right. is a lot of these shows on television, I think, are just trash. And they're just people trying to, oh, what was that? You know, Zach Baggins. I hate to, to name someone, but, oh, man, bro, bro. You know, <laughs> Zach, oh, man, I'm getting sick, bro. You know, yeah. and it just seems so disingenuous. And maybe it's not. Maybe I'm way off base. But, it's Zach, if you want to come talk to me, you can tell me I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, it's, it's to me... That is doing a disservice to it because I know a lot of individuals that are into that. Uh, Josh Hurd comes to mind. He's a he owns a a, a property that uh, was an old hospital, and they just do tours. You can go in there and you can do tours, and you know. And I, he's crazy because crazy. He's great because he talks about. It. He's like, unfortunately, when people tell me stories, I'm like, yeah, right. He goes, but then again, I'm here doing this and letting people go and experience what they want to experience. You know it do do hunts and tours and stuff like that so obviously he believes in it but you know it's it's easy to be cynical and it's easy to be cynical when it didn't happen to you hey sensibly cynical there you go we cynical all the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so um i know you said that you guys are you know doing a lot of things with the um coming up and 
Yeah, I'm writing a book right now. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a, a slow process. I, I'm, I say I'm writing a book, I've got pages and pages and pages of outlines and notes and, and that we've been writing and I'm, I'm nowhere near done. But that's one of my pet projects that I'm, I'm working on. Another thing, you know, I, 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 would, I would love to say that um, we end up with a TV show or something like that. Right, that's, the, that's one of the goals? Well, you know, it's, it's definitely not, not one of them, and it's stuff that we've explored, and, and uh, hopefully one day that, that might come to fruition. Uh, but, you know, we do live shows also, and we're doing some touring next year. Uh, we got some shows in, uh, of course, Illinois and Indiana and uh, Virginia, and we're going to be adding some more shows to that. And I'd love to, to do uh, more of that. I'd love to go to at least one show a month eventually and so maybe unfortunately that's not going to be the case for 2020 but maybe 2021 that's something that we're going to shoot for is um, a lot more or maybe a, a real tour where we're gone for you know three weeks and and we're, mm-hmm. we're doing enough so we'll see but that's uh that's definitely on the on the horizon and uh and just more meetups and, and live shows and stuff like that in the the chicagoland area too because right Right now, um, how uh, how big are these episodes? Do you guys, you ever do like huge episodes? Like how big how big are your episodes? You mean like how long are they? Yeah, we're done as a two parter. So we haven't done because I think that they need um, more to be looked into than that. You know, we were just really looking into doing the uh, Martin Luther King assassination. Uh, that's a call actually that's fresh in my mind. John and I talked about that today, and it's just like, I think that this needs to be a six-parter from what our research is. I'm not ready to to do that, and I don't think I could do it justice doing it in two-parters, you know? We try to keep it down to two, and we don't even do that many any multi-parters. If you miss a week, you didn't hear the first one. A lot of times people don't listen and things like that. Yeah. I like variety. Variety is the spice of life. Every week, you know, it's it's fun to have something different, and we try to have fun. Our show, at the end of the day, it's a comedy show. Uh huh. Our jokes into a microphone about aliens. Yeah. What do you think of the uh, What do you think of the Alien vs Predator movies? Oh, <laughs> I, I love the original Predator. Yeah. And the Alien movies, you know, I didn't really love them. I I, I liked the idea of the last one, uh, Predator. The Predator, whichever the last one was. Right, yeah. That was Jillian versus. But the two Alien vs. Predators were kind of letdowns to me. That's what is his name? Lance Briggs or whatever. The guy who played uh, Bishop in Alien that was in Charles Bishop Wayland. Yeah. Alien vs. Predator. I love him. Right. And I love his character in the first Alien vs. Predator. Um, I love the look of the Predators in that one. It just it kind of fell flat to me. Uh, I would love to sit here and tell you, oh, man. It was fantastic, but it wasn't to me. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you want to like it. Yeah. And you really, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, what do you have? A, do you have any advice for people that are doing that are doing um, podcasts that your size, that ones that are trying to expand? Number one, if you're just starting out, start. That's one of the hardest things. Start. If you're going to be with a partner, if you do it yourself, record it, edit a couple, throw them away, start over. One of the things that is good to do is try to, to stay on a schedule, get ahead, always have have some in the the back burner so you're ready to go. Right now, I think I have five episodes not edited, so you can do that. And reach out to other shows if you're if you're if one of the best ways to grow 
is to be a part of the community. Reach out to other shows and say, hey, you know, let's let's swap, or do you want to be on my show? I'll be on your show. Ask. That's a huge one. And there's also, there's a huge community, you know, and reach out, be part of those communities. And, and I have a whole folder of of shows that ran their, their ads, or, or they ran ours, and, and reaching out. I went to Podcast Movement, met everyone I could, and John has done that. He's gone to so many events, even without me, that I haven't gone to just willing to do it. People people who are reciprocating, people will love it. And podcasting is such a, it's it's an art form to some people, you know, it's like you feel like you're putting your, your world out there, and it's tough because sometimes people just crap on it. They go, oh, man, you get bad reviews, and you're like, hey, you know, I, I'm just putting it out there. So there is, there are always hurdles to it and things like that. You have to have a little bit of thick skin. But if you're not having fun, don't do it. You know, I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm doing, I, I never envisioned five years ago my life being here to where I'm doing this for a living. And now I am. And, and I'm very, very, very thankful for it. And I try to stay on top of it. What's your demographic of listener? Do you guys have a certain one or is it all over? Uh, definitely male. Uh, the last time that we did, they did a demographic thing for us, it was 72% male. Right. And the listener base is 22 to like 49. It was a weird, I forget the breakdown, or 44. Some males uh, that are... I mean, that makes you know, sense. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's all over the place, too. There's a lot of other ones. But right. That's your... your at least that age group is your main consumer of podcasts in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I think our, our topics skew us towards towards male. If we were doing true crime, that'd be all female because that's who you know eats up true crime. What's been the hardest um, the hardest thing about continuing? You know the the um, I guess the what's the word I'm looking for? Like what's the hardest part about continuing this? Like not stopping? Is that the hardest part? Just having the drive? Or do you love doing what you're doing so it's easy? Well, you know, but you plateau. Uh, we're lucky that we always, you know, usually grow and you, you plateau out sometimes and you, you're trying to, to, to think of things to, to, to help the show and make the show grow. And I think a lot of people, if that goes on for too long, they just go, meh, I don't want to do it. And that's the thing is just make sure you're doing it. Do it for yourself. You know, that's what we said. Let's make a show that we want to hear mm-hmm. and if other people listen then that's just icing on the cake, and that's what we've been trying to do. And and we've we've had at least a modicum of success, and, and mm-hmm. that's been great for us. But it doesn't have to be. This isn't my first podcast. We tried another before, and it fell on its face. It didn't work out. Uh, you know, I have other friends that have done shows that didn't work out, and I have a lot of friends that do shows that blow ours out of the water. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a friend of mine, Ben Bolin, he hosts um, stuff they don't want you to know. They're gigantic. He would sneeze at you know at, at the numbers and the things that we do. But they're also great people, you know. There's 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 all these walks of life out there. That's uh... is there a big market, or are you com- are you competing with like others that do exactly the same thing, or are you unique? I think people compare us to other shows. Sometimes we're definitely not, definitely not last podcast to the left. Uh, but we do have a humor to us. Very different type of show. That's one of the shows that people. Um, like to, to lump us in with another larger show that we're mm-hmm. very similar as far as topic-wise. Uh, Sofa King podcast. <laughs> They're great guys. We're friends. We're friends with them, and you know, uh-huh. it's just a fun show. But there's always competition. There's you know in doing what we do, we're I guess you would call it a paranormal show. There's no paranormal genre 
when you go to iTunes. It's not something you can pick. Sure. In arts, or you have to be in society and culture, or things like that. Well, you guys are in comedy, right? You're the comedy category? We are in arts, comedy, and society and culture, so you pick three. Right, yeah, we're society culture, yeah. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where there, I wish there was one that was just like the paranormal, because mm-hmm. then you can kind of see where you're, uh, you know, how the other shows stack up and things like that, and I think that that is something that hopefully will come one day, uh iTunes is definitely going down, down, down as far as size and uh, yeah. Well, I would like to. But Spotify and things are, are taking over. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would like to work with you more going in the future. I mean, it. You know, it'd be really cool if we stayed in touch. You know. Please do. That's that's important. You know, and we're always active. We have our Facebook pages and uh, we're on Twitter. I'm terrible at Twitter. <laughs> that's one of the things that you know our group has helped us grow. I'm very active. In our Facebook group, it's called Hysteria Nation. It's just been great. Do you guys have Patreon? Patreon? Like you have pay? You, it's pay, right? So what's your what's your levels? So uh, for everything, all of our extra stuff starts at a dollar. So if you pay a dollar, uh, every week we post an old radio drama that we do. We call it Up All Nights, which are just extra episodes. Uh, sometimes it's just we close up a show, then we keep the the mics rolling and. Uh, just keep talking. Sometimes it's specific topics that we wanted to do that we weren't going to just do a whole show on, you know, in that work. Lots of those. Our tiers, though, as far as they go, uh, they start at a dollar and they get you all the extra stuff. Two dollars is stickers. Five dollars it is. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think here. I think it is. What is five dollars? Oh my gosh, I don't remember. Dollars <laughs> is a poster and we have like ten buttons. Right. Like for, the, so it, for 15, you get those. But, oh, koozie! $5 is a Oh, the koozie, yeah. What I'll do, if we ever get there, I'll probably just, at first, I'll probably just do the dollar, you get a you get a sticker, and maybe some, maybe some, you know, funny, sensible. What I'll probably end up doing is, I'll probably make you the option of you can get a sensible or cynical thought, your choice, something like that. Yeah, you we know. had someone reach out to me recently, he's like, you're really missing out the mark. And I was like, what? He goes, you got $1, you got $2, you got $5. He goes, you need to make a tree fitty. And when someone, because uh, I always make the joke that I can't draw, he's like, if someone gives you three dollars, well, send you um, a, uh, a picture of the Loch Ness monster. I'm like, sure enough, I'll do it. I did it, and we've had a bunch of people sign up for it. So send them my pictures of the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> so what do you say to what do you say to people that think this is just think the whole alien thing is just a joke, extraterrestrial? What do you say What do you say to those people who think it's an absolute joke? That because I know you said earlier you do believe in aliens. What do you say to those people who just say, hell no, no way, no way in? I mean, that's it. Everyone has that, uh, that option. Yeah, but what makes you think there is, like? I, I think that it's crazy to think that aliens is, I'm not saying that there's a society that's coming to us. <laughs> to, to say that there is no other life beyond Earth, I think, is just ridiculous. Yeah, a microbe is life. There's, I, I think the vastness of... There's more stars than there are a couple, you know, flecks of sand on all the beaches. Right. It's a crazy thing to think of. The, uh, you know, there's trillions of stars out there, and how many of them have planets? And to say that none of them are habitable by something is a, uh, to me, add to science, most, you know, now when you talk to scientists, even NASA think, NASA said recently it's not an if, it's a when. And I think that's an important thing. But our 
show, you know, you don't have to believe these stories that we talk about. Right. It's like it's it's just like a, it's it's really just a comedic escape, right? Telling you the story, and you can make up your mind. We make up our minds at the end of them. I'm going to tell you if I believe it or not. And half the time or more, I don't. And the same same with John, even in the higher mount. But we still tell you the facts of the story. Let you make, mm-hmm. make it up remind yourself and have fun hopefully along the way do you have a lot of people that have been with you since the beginning a lot of listeners who have just been just been loyalists well the the hysteria nation has been a big part of that because it's been our our, our facebook group and uh so you talk to these people and you become friends with them. you know you, you, you talk to these people all the time and so you've had these these relationships that you've built over now you know three years for us and people come and go or they they even they come back but uh but yeah it's been a lot of fun and seeing the same people and we're always posting stupid crap and memes and the, so it's a blast okay tv shows so what's your favorite like on-demand tv show out there like ne- i know netflix has a few right I, I i watch such little tv we canceled our cable my wife and i canceled our cable uh about a year ago and just went to we got a um, what's it called a oh a fire cube uh so the fire, fire stick cube. Uh, it's Firecube. It's oh. bigger, and it's got a hard drive. Really? It's similar. And, uh, yeah, it's like $10 more or something. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And, you know, so we watch a lot of stuff like that. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I watched Netflix. I, I loved a show that just came out recently that I loved. I watched The Voice. Yes, I'm a big I'm a big voice person. I love The Voice. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've been watching. Are you America's Got Talent person? No. No? Yeah, you're not missing... That stuff I don't watch as much, and, and I do a lot of research. And since it's like, well, that's a lot of, yeah. If you listen to some of our, we've had comedians on this show. That's that's probably our most common guest. Obviously, Chrissy Monroe. We've had we've had a cute, uh, you know, excuse me, a few comedians that are just on the cusp of making it, like Austin Mann, Raj Sharma, guys, local local comedians. So they're not national, but they're local. I mean, they're not bad. They like headline. It, it's similar. We've had a lot of people like that in our show, Brent, where it's people that are. Just, just big enough to headline a local act. But if Austin Mann, he was really cool. He was really cool to come onto the show. But, and I'm not trying to be mean to Austin, but he wouldn't head. He wouldn't like. He wouldn't be. Well, he'd probably be on Laugh Factory. But you know what I'm saying. We've had a lot of guys right on the cusp, and you know, of course, as a, as a podcast who's still growing. We'll take what we can get when it comes to that. I'm a big comedy guy, so that's what I'm going to be leaning towards. That and of course, I can talk about sports all day, every day. I've a, I know too much about sports, so obviously I'm going to lean on that for content because I can talk about sports without Brent. I can talk about a sports podcast with absolutely no notes. I can just straight up, I can just straight up talk about sports podcast. I can give you two minutes about NFL without even needing any sort of uh, like prep. That's John, uh, my co-host. I can just straight up do it. That's awesome, though. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I just, uh, sports, I, you know, I... I You're not a big sports guy? Not, no. I, you know, I watch Blackhawks. I, I, I pay attention. Of course, Chicago team. The Cardinals are, are, are doing. But, uh, no, I don't really, uh, you know, we watched, we watched most of the, the Bears game today. I mean, Chicago has solid teams. I mean, I'm a big soccer guy, so the fire are still around. So I mean, Chicago's yeah. o- Chicago's always pretty solid. Bears or not? Yeah, Bears, Bulls. You know, you were you said you were born in the '70s, right? So you were big. Um, so did you actually see? I know you say you're not a big sports guy, but you remember the Michael Jordan 
era, right? Very much so. I was a huge Bulls fan then. Yeah, so what do you remember about Michael Jordan? Like, do you, do you remember all the news and headlines and stuff? Do you remember any of that? You know, I, I lived in Central Illinois, so it wasn't here. It wasn't quite as, you know, uh, it was still huge. But Michael Jordan was, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest of all time. I mean, I yeah. Story about him today. <laughs> he was talking about played like 36 holes one day, and they drank like a case of beer. And that night, they bet him, oh, your man, you're going to be dogging it. And he scored uh, 52 points, and they blew out the caps. This was in the 90s. My wife and I were eating, this is about a year ago, we were eating at a, a steakhouse. It's like a lunch, you know, it's nothing fancy or anything like that. And uh, Scotty Pippen sat next to us. Really? Yeah, that was kind of cool, but he, uh, <laughs> he was, uh, the guy that he was with was talking to the people at the table next to us. He went over and was talking to them. They're like, can we say hi to Scotty? And he's like, no, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I sure as heck wasn't up to, but yeah. Yeah. So what else do you do for fun, Brent? Like, what's your, what kind of hobbies do you have? I love cars, man. That's my big thing. You're a big car guy. Yeah, yeah. Pontiac. I love, I've, I've grown up around, you know, Trans Hands. I've had tons of Trans Am Formula Firebirds. Uh, so right now I have two. Uh, I'm big third gen. Third gens are your... Really? So, if you won the lottery tomorrow, hypothetically, what car would you buy? 92 Firehawk. Damn. Yeah. Second car, it's 89 Turbo Trans Am. <laughs> wow. Straight up. Straight up. The the Maseratis or the Lamborghinis. Were you in any of those, um, those car shows? I know there was some car shows out there, right? Do you watch any of those? Oh, we go to car shows all the time. We... we... We travel to some shows, uh, so I've got I've got two. My wife and I have uh, each have a, we have six cars. <laughs> yeah, but do do you watch any do you watch any um, TV shows on it, or you just go to the actual? I don't watch as much. I, one of my cousins actually, uh, uh, her husband actually works for uh, Meekum Auto Auctions. Sure. So I watch some of those where they're doing the uh, the selling of the shows. I used to watch every once in a while. So I don't have cable anymore. I used to watch. Yeah, I'm not. A, I don't have cable either. Yeah, or I don't have anything, and so. But we used to watch uh, Gas Monkey and some other things here and there. Uh, I used to love waking up, you know, and you got nothing to do on Saturday. You watch the uh, all the the different shows that are on there, welding up a you know a four by four and one, and then the next. What what channel is that on? Speed Channel or Speed Network or whatever. But uh, but yeah, no. So that's my big thing. Like I love working on cars and. The older I get, the less I want to work on them, where I just want to enjoy them. Yeah, I love the, like, I lived in Virginia for a while, and uh, it was funny story real quick. Uh, basically, this car show just took over a random mall. Like, there, yeah. there wasn't too much ad, there wasn't too much ad placement. It just took over the parking lot of a, of a random mall. I love those. I love those, because you get the diehard guys and girls, yeah. not just guys, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, our we live in an area that's really cool as far as uh, during the summer months, they do a lot of just cruise-ins, less of a show and more of a, you know, just everyone parks and there's a bunch of places you can go eat and things like that one a month and all yeah. the six around us do them and they're on different days and so that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Well, did you hear that Chevy and Buick and everything, they're cutting down on old cars or getting rid of the Impala? Did you hear about that? Oh man, they're always, yeah. Yeah, 2020 is the last Impala. I'm a Pontiac fan, they axed it years ago, you know, so Oldsmobile's gone. What do you think about that? Like, you know, you'd love to complain. I, I, I hated it when they did it, but uh, people are buying them. Yeah. You know? And they're buying, uh, you know, more foreign cars. They're, Pontiac actually outsold Buick, but they didn't sell out, outsold Buick in foreign markets. Really? So that was a bit weird. Yeah, so they, they, they should have gotten rid of Buick instead of Pontiac, but that's just me. Uh, 
uh, a plague. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, what are you going to do? And now everything's moving towards electric, you know, and Tesla. And I just saw this week for a conversion, they have an electric motor that actually uh, is, is shaped like an engine block so that it can be put into, like, retrofitted into cars. And they're talking about that'll be something that they're going to start offering now uh, that you can retrofit. And now if you do it, I mean, you've got a gun car and do all this crazy stuff. That's going to be something interesting that people are going to start doing here uh, in the next few years. So, yeah, icons and uh, stuff like the Impala going, going bye-bye. So back to your podcast real quick. How do you how do you keep material going? How do you like who does the creative process or is it a group think? No, we get together. So I'm I'm sitting actually right now. We have a whiteboard on the wall and we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seven <laughs> topics that we haven't done that we haven't even started. Really? We have Excel spreadsheets uh, that we. Oh my god! Man, there's like two hundred of them that I want to get to. Plus another one that we love to do is is listeners yeah that's what i was gonna ask that's what i was gonna ask hey i want to hear this i want to hear that yeah do you actually get like you take video messages or get guests on or any listener messages from i mean i guess they could if they wanted to email us but we do um they, they'll send us we also have a, a, a email i'm sorry a voicemail number and people can call into the show and leave us voicemails it's a little behind uh, John's been off for a couple weeks so i'm not uh-huh. and it's uh it went where we were getting one or two here and there, and we'd always play, but now there's just hundreds of them in there because people started calling in, and so it's such a daunting thing. Through, and you're like, you open up, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. there's so many, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to hear people call in and do that. Mm-hmm. So, do you have anything to promote? You can just promote whatever you want on here. Just, yeah, you know, Hysteria 51, if you want any of our links, you can go to hysteria51.com. It's very easy to find. If you are on Facebook, you want to check out our group, it's Hysteria Nation. Just search Hysteria Nation, you can find us on there. You can tweet to us at Hysteria51Pod. And if you are in the Chicagoland area, by any chance, December 7th, we're going to be at a bar called Cigars and Stripes. And uh, it's going to be a meet and greet, and we have a band, an awesome Chicago-based band called Majungus, and they do alien-themed rock. How awesome is that? And they're a lot of fun. They're going to be playing. And then if you go also, if you want to see us live... Like I said, hysteria51.com has uh, links to some of our live shows we have booked, and uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite. All right, Brent, thank you for your time tonight. Oh, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. All right, take care. Now it is time for my sensible thought. I want to thank Brent from Hysteria51 for coming on the podcast today. Also, if you have any ideas for us to talk about on the show or want to send us an ad for us to play on the show, email us, sensiblycynicalpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can always tweet us, cynicalsensibly, Instagram, sensiblycynicalpod, um, and of course, our Facebook group. If you could please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, it would be highly appreciated. Thank you. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, host of A Teaspoon of Healing podcast. On my show, people share their healing journeys, and I chat with nutrition, wellness, and Reiki experts. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts, or go to my website, teaspoonofhealing.com.